The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I am the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to solve their biggest problems and leverage their largest opportunities. I do this through a combination of roles from executive advising to consulting to coaching. I'm a regular contributor on Forbes.com, the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. Today, I'm really excited. Our guest is Rick Crossland. He is an internationally known expert and thought leader on A-player talent. He works with organizations across the country to transform good companies into great companies with his unique A-player approach. His innovative approach to developing and validating A-player has been published on leading business sites such as Inc.com, Fortune.com, and many others. And he is excited to announce that he has recently published his book, The A Player. Our show, we are focused on helping leaders innovate how they lead to keep pace with the rate of change. So if I continually update myself, I never become outdated. So think about our leadership style as our algorithm. And if I am not updating my internal algorithm, I become obsolete relatively quickly. So as leaders, how are we updating regularly how we think about leadership, our craft, and changing our behaviors, and then how do we know if those behaviors were successful? So my hope is that during this show, you hear lots of things from Rick that are amazingly helpful, and that you're able to pick up at least one or two and try them out in your work in the next week. So as part of the Thought Leadership series, Rick will talk about his book, The A Player. He'll share his key findings about what organizations are doing and not doing that impact their ability to attract and retain the best talent. So Rick, welcome. Well, thank you, Maureen. Pleasure to be here. So let's talk about what inspired you to write The A Player. You know, actually a couple things. Uh, There was the inspiration, then there was the impetus. The impetus, maybe I'll start with first, was I was working with a CEO. It was early in the morning. We were getting set up. I was doing a team day. And he said, Rick, you know, out of the team day, I'd like my folks to think and act like this. If you think of how people think and act, that's actually the definition of culture. I kept hearing this from CEO clients. I'm like, you know, why don't I codify this and really teach people the birds and bees about business? And, you know, as we were talking, a lot of the leadership concepts, right, the leader, it's a very lonely place. And, you know, to reinstill values and things like that, why are we making profit in the business? It can get kind of arduous and tiring. And those are things maybe in polite company, we don't feel like we can share with employees. So I wrote the book to be an accelerator to help people understand why businesses should make a profit. And we can get to that later. And uh, so that was really the reason. The other reason was I saw this big disconnect, uh, and we see it in the world today, between how employees think and how owners, leaders think. Mm -hmm. And when those two are on the same page, amazing things happen. So that's why I wrote the book. And so if I, as an employee or an owner, read your book, that'll help create better alignment? Absolutely. And, and one thing, since we're talking to leaders, never recommend a book to an employee that you haven't read. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is the leader reads it first. Mm-hmm. Book studies, you know, a $22 book is amazing leverage. People want to go to, you know, expensive training all the time. Mm-hmm. And in our organizations, they don't go to training until they've read the book first. 
It's like the book so much better than the movie. Okay. And so the idea is to go through chapter by chapter. The book has the power, candidly, to get C players to think as A players. And we okay. can talk about how that works. Certainly Bs to think like As. And your best investments are in the A. Okay, so let's talk about what are A's, what are B's, and what are C's so our listeners have a clearer sense of what this what are your distinctions? Absolutely. And and I will say, when you hear my definitions as an organization, please shape this in your own culture. That's mm-hmm. what makes it fun right. and makes it own. So an A player, a couple quick definitions, top 10% of their field of the industry mm-hmm. for the money you pay them. So for the compensation, so A players at $40,000, 50000 60000 150000 you're comparing those to others in your industry. So so just to be clear, you're making the distinction, we slice A players by any job title. Correct. A player receptionist, A player musician, A player analyst. Right. And the other thing is uh, the term appropriately placed. An appropriately placed person can totally be an A player. Everybody doesn't have to be or want to be the CEO. Of they can be not. the best career receptionist outstanding delight customers mm-hmm. do it and you know your person's top 10 percent in the world at that position do i need for non roles that are important to the organization but maybe not our differentiator do i still need a players in those roles i would say so and and if i could add one other simple definition mm-hmm. an a player if you think of your team right now are those that you would enthusiastically rehire okay So you can actually say, you know, who are my A's, who are my B's, who are my C's, chart them. Those that you'd enthusiastically, and as you start to do that simple exercise, Mm -hmm. you know, a leader's brain really starts to engage. And it's like, what about those characteristics do I love? Typically the A player, if I I had one letter to sum up with an A player, it's accountable. They're super accountable people. Mm -hmm. So those are those folks. Now back to your question, what about the B's? Mm -hmm. Who are the B's first? The B's are basic. Okay. They're just basic. If they left, you're going to reload, you're going to get somebody better. And you know that. Mm-hmm. The B is going through the motion. They tend to kind of work for a paycheck. They kind of think they're adding value by pushing back. We don't okay. want yes people on an organization, but you have to have a better solution. So an A player is bringing solutions to you all the time. The B player is kind of like, some, you know, hey, we got a problem. We got a problem. Okay. So let me clarify that. You said the A's are only about the top 10%. In the industry. So what's interesting, and this is paradoxical, I do not believe in force ranking organization. Okay. We have an all-star team. We're building an all-star team of the best at every position. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I don't need to force rank. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a zero-sum game. So then my B's and C's are 90% of the industry. Correct. But not 90% of your team. Let's hope not. And that's why not forced ranking. That's why no forced ranking. We are defining A player performance. We have something called an A player agreement, which is a job description on steroid. I'll anticipate a question you might ask, which is, okay, what can a leader do? I find many cases the leader doesn't know what these jobs actually should do. I'll give an example I think most of the listeners can understand, which is, okay, you go get a new salesperson. If you've lost sight of the fundamental skill set and how the sale is made, how many times has a poor person gone out there and you know got their backside kind of shot mm-hmm. off because you didn't know fundamentally how a sale is made in your industry? Okay. So an A player leader would actually know that. They would actually define that role. That would become the A player agreement. If I want to watch a CEO squirm, I ask him to develop an A player agreement in two weeks and come back to me. With that definition, and that's our that's our mm-hmm. ticket to post for a job. Nobody posts a job unless they have that because that means they know what the job entails. So again, step me through. I've done traditional job agreements or mm-hmm. job descriptions for who I think is a good hire. Like nobody wants to hire mediocre people, right? Mm-hmm. So how does a traditional job description differ from an A player description? You know, it's usually a list of tasks. An A-player agreement actually has three to five key thrusts of the role, and then Mm -hmm. it defines activity by daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually. So how many pages long is this agreement? Oh, three to four pages. Okay, so it's not that much longer than a traditional agreement. Right, but in this, and the other things we have in there, we always have a learning program. So when people learn, they get compensated. Okay. And we also have lead measures and lag measures. So critical drivers and how do we quantify those results? So can you give an example? Of a critical driver? Mm -hmm. Let's just go to sales because it's top of mind right now. If you look and you say a salesperson should make five discovery meetings a week, right? And you know your A players currently get five discovery meetings, Mm -hmm. a pre-sales meeting. Mm -hmm. Then that becomes the activity. And there could be even more lead activities that would generate that result. And then my lag is... 
sales. 65000 a month, for okay. instance. Okay. Correct. Yeah, so that's intuitively. How is that different than a traditional job description? Well, yours might be better than others, but I can go into any Fortune 500 right now mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. in Columbus, where we're, we're both at, and go and ask for it. And what will happen is it'll be a yellow, tattered document that has not been reviewed in ages. Mm-hmm. You know, the owner, you know, the, the business leader will say, well, I haven't looked at this in a while. They will not have any of that laid out to the degree we were just talking about. Do you also look at kind of what I would call mindset or, or attitude? Absolutely. Okay. Carol DeWick has a wonderful book. It's called Mindset. Okay. What I took from Carol's book, and it's a wonderful book, is there's two fundamental types of mindset, growth mindset and fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. For an activity, let's just take public speaking for an example. A fixed mindset person will be, I don't, I, I'm not good at public speaking. And they will mm-hmm. make a big deal that they're not good at public speaking. Okay. A growth mindset person will, even if they get beat up in a presentation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll jump right in and said, boy, that was a little rough. I'm going to get better. I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. IQ can be grown. Most skills can be grown. And we're looking for people with growth mindset. Okay. So if I wake up in the morning and say, of course, I'm going to make mistakes. It's all about getting better. One. So the thing I talked about when we started the show, the world's changing. I need to change with it. Of course, I'm not going to be perfect. And so it's all about how much can I change? Correct. Improve. Yeah. And, and improving doesn't infer that I'm broken. It just means there's always more. The A player also always wants an edge. I'm a big tennis Mm -hmm. fan, Roger Federer, who I think has the best growth mindset that I have seen. A lot of leadership examples. Okay. You you interview him after winning his 18th major. He's basically saying, hey, I'm working on getting better. I'm working on getting better. You know, I worked a lot on my backhand. That was the difference. And he's innovating. Mm-hmm. Even though he's he's the most famous best player in the world, he works harder on his game than anybody else. So, do B players have a fixed mindset, or is are they? Because we haven't talked about C players. I'm assuming C players don't have a growth mindset. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about Bs and Cs. We actually set A player performance, and all the focus is on that goodness of becoming an A. Okay. So you're either an A or you're a non-A, really. Okay. <laughs> but a B player typically does have a lot of fixed mindset. You, you know, say they don't know computer systems, they will tend to push back and say, well, I don't know computers. They'll put their hands up in the air. Mm. I don't know computers. I don't know computers. An A player feels bad they don't. And they're like, hey, I'm going to learn this. Okay. Another way to see this, and I think you would see this in industries as well, is you see those people like, well, I know, I know. You know, you ought to be improving your customer satisfaction score. I know, I know, I know. Almost like, leave me alone. I know, Mm -hmm, I know. mm -hmm. But I know and I do is two different things. Yeah. And again, people who are even listening to this show are more inclined to be curious or they're not listening. They're, they're doing like, something oh, else. CEOs are fantastic. They read more books than anybody else. They're always looking for an edge. So sharp CEOs or people focused mm-hmm. on their leadership game, senior leaders, mm-hmm. they're, they're there for a reason. And, and the best are always learning. The best are always learning. I, I have to say I've worked with some clients who were not always learning. They were always working really hard, mm-hmm. but they weren't always integrating the learning process into their daily activities. Right. A CEO should be reading two books a month. Really? Yes. Hmm. Leaders are readers. We may have different clients. (laughs) (laughs) Not that my clients don't read, but I can't think of one who's reading two books a month on a regular basis. Start with one a quarter. Okay. Then amp up to one a month. Again, back to growth. If you're reading nothing right now, start with one a quarter. Back to books, by the way. I mean, well, but yeah. many of my clients read or listen to podcasts or something, but they're not reading books. They may be reading blogs or parts of books, but it's just often a grueling role. Yeah. Well, the grueling is where some of the magic is, because when you finish a book, that's an achievement most people don't. And just like you know, books and movies, when you finish a two, 300-page books, that's something that most people haven't done. There's a sense of satisfaction, and the detail in a book is usually, you know, just because of the content, much more than just an article. Oh, of course. It, just the question is, how do I find the time given everything else I have going on in a day? Mm-hmm. Well, back to the leadership, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those who are first must be willing to be last. Do a chapter a week with your key leadership team. Get everybody on the same page figuratively. It's a, it's a great way to juice the organization. You will see the bottom line results. Well, and I do have clients who, who use also some of my work. We do see the results. Mm-hmm. 
That I really like, the idea that your so your book is more of a workbook or it's something people can apply. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of a, a business having a canon of books. Okay. And the third reason I wrote mm-hmm. it, and there might be four and five as we keep going, but mm-hmm. the other one was I really, you know, I was getting a lot of people, Rick, recommend a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was really missing that book I wanted to recommend, so I decided to write that book, which is, hey, how to be a great employee. Okay, so this isn't just leader stuff. It's across the board how to be an A player. Right. Well, the other reason, well, there's thousands of books on leadership. There's mm-hmm. under six books on how to be a great employee. Really? Yes. On all of Amazon? On all of Amazon, there's less than five. Less than five good ones, at least. So you should be a best-selling, your book should be a best-selling book, like, soon. You know, I would hope to, because it really has the power to help people and change organization, right? There's those people talking about the employee who are stagnant, right? How do I get ahead? Mm -hmm. How do I get ahead? They hit the leaders on this podcast on, hit me up for a raise, hit me up for a raise. Mm -hmm. It's earned, not given. You want to raise? Add more value. Well, and many people don't know what to do. Right. It's not that they don't want to work hard, but if our leaders aren't helping... And again, many leaders intend to do the right thing and are just overwhelmed. So I'm not saying we're surrounded by bad leaders, but I interviewed a Harvard prof recently who was talking about followership. Mm -hmm. And to your point, she said, we all talk about leadership. No one talks about followership. Right. So what makes a good follower? And it sounds like the A Player book answers that question. What it makes does. a good follower? There are, and, and there's a chapter called Leaders at All Level, in which followership is actually, there's a time to follow, right? Somebody has a great idea, follow, help them implement. Well, even as a leader, there are times for me to shut up and follow. Correct. And it may be my organization, and I'm, I certainly have people that when they walk in the room, I will not blindly follow. But if I have experts... I should be listening to what they say. Right. And one of the jobs of leadership is listening. Is my person, you know, giving me good information? Is it truthful? Or, you know, mm-hmm. or is this going in the right direction? If so, mm-hmm. I just need to guide and enable. And get out of the way. Get out of the way. Perfect. So on that, getting out of the way, let's get a break. All right. This is Rick and Maureen talking about A-players. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf, 
and Rick Crossland, and we are talking about A players. So you talked about leaders beating themselves up. Let's go into how do I attract and retain A players and, and as a leader, tell me a little bit more about that. Right. I think it's a real assessment of your leadership game and, you know, are you an A player as a leader? And that's a great place to start. And, and I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many leaders who, when we get started with an A player culture, go, you know, I need to get my game up. And, okay. and a lot of them are very successful. But back to beating themselves up, right? If you're trying to get people, you know, B's and C's who don't want to be A's and you're giving all the tools and techniques, you know, as people, we naturally want to help others. Most people naturally want to help and we feel like we can save people. And it really hurts us if we can't get them to move. Mm-hmm. And at some point, literally, you know, I use the expression off the air of, you know, we're trying to get a Fiat to drive like a Ferrari. And, you know, if people won't take the bait, you know, when they sing People Can Do with the book, by the way, is you've given an A player, they take it as a compliment. You know, it's like, oh, let me go find something to improve my game. Mm-hmm. A B mm-hmm. player is like, what are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And uh, in our cultures, we tell them they're a B and they need to be an A. And a C player, they can't stand the book. And it's almost like, you know, it's good for you as a leader, but hey, I'm just rank and file. This doesn't apply to me. Back to that fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was actually listening to Akuze and Posner, who I think wrote the best ever leadership mm-hmm. book, The Leadership Challenge. I Gem. didn't write the best ever leadership book. <laughs> oh, zing, zing. <laughs> I'll have to send you a copy. Yeah, we'll trade books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, they were talking about, you know, getting better people. And I wrote a note during that. Well, you know, the best way to improve your leadership quotient is actually to get better people. Yeah, now, you've got to be a better leader as you, you know, it's just like when people get a nicer car, they treat it better. You've got to treat these A players really well. Well, and that's been one of my questions because I've worked with people who think they want A players, but they're not. So, right, if I'm a mediocre leader and I want to hire a bunch of rock stars, they're not going to stay. Mm-hmm. If they come in at all, they don't stay. And I've invested time and money and yet haven't invested equally in building a culture and systems that will excite them on a regular basis. Right. And that's where you got to start. Now, the nice thing is A players will recognize the, the challenge. You know, and it, I, I use the term 80% and go. Get some stuff down and congruency you know, I talked about accountability. Congruency mm-hmm. may be the most powerful force on the universe. Either that or compounded interest. <laughs> you know, you got to walk the talk. And I'll give a very simple example. Business owner, and, and this guy has become an A. He was totally a B when he walked into my office first time. He, I think I know that guy. <laughs> he has a company. He's very uh-huh. successful. Uh-huh. He makes very good money. But he would he had a lot of scrap aluminum, a lot of scrap copper. So he'd personally take it just as a, a break. He'd uh-huh. take it down to the junkyard. He would get about six to $1,000. Everybody knew he was taking that money and putting it right into his Harley Davidson. So he not was not back into the company. Not back into the company. So ergo, he's stealing from the company, right? In essence, he is. So all those kind of things, perks that are coming to the office that others aren't mm-hmm. participating in. You know, if you have a country mm-hmm. club membership, great. If you're using it for business entertainment, great. But if your company can actually participate and you're doing events there and they can have fun too, even better. So if mm-hmm. there's a different standard for the leader, which would be lowercase l yeah around quotes that's actually awful leadership well and, and we think about it doesn't happen as much anymore but the the executive with the reserved parking spot and the special stuff and yet i was with someone recently and they have an executive dining room and boy is it convenient when we don't have to have our executives leave the office to go get lunch mm-hmm. the, the amount of time saved there's a financial impact to to that. Right. So so the question of no special perks seems, it seems like it is still appropriate from just an efficiency perspective Mm -hmm. to have. And there are things to people to strive for. You know, a lot of leaders, right, they have a nice car and all that, right? What you Mm -hmm. need to do is put your arm around somebody, mentor them and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you do this, Mm -hmm. here's how I achieve this. And it's accessible to you too. Okay. If it's fenced off, and I have special privileges and you don't. And sometimes it's not necessarily mm-hmm. the parking spot and all that. I mean, you know, I used to have a parking spot. I let my guys use it when I wasn't around. But it was it was a rite of passage. Now, the nice thing there is people wanted it. And we had reserve spots at Ford. Mm-hmm. When you re- reached a leadership level, you earned one. So people mm-hmm. wanted it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it actually worked very well for the organization because you had things to mark off on your journey. Okay. But, you know, more of it is if the rules don't apply to you, that's the bigger okay. problem. So it's not that there are lines of demarcation. Right. Okay. The, the lines of demarcation, I actually think, are actually useful uh, things. And, and I can't tell you how many young employees, when I do a skip level, are like, wow, I want to be like Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, it's great. You know, we were able to use his retreat. And, and you know, people mm-hmm. are benevolent mm-hmm. and open. Mm-hmm. I want to be like that person. That's a great tool. 
well, let's step back. Here's what Kevin did. Okay. So you use that as the aspiration, but somebody has to be worth aspiring to right. be a, I don't want someone to be a role model who's a... Who's stealing from their own business by taking money that needs to be reinvested back. If you mm-hmm. want to take an owner draw, fine. Your, your CFO is going to know, and the team's going to know shortly after that. But that's an owner draw, not taking the recycling money. Correct. Put the recycling money back in the business and, mm-hmm. you know, do it so it's accountable, literally. Mm-hmm. So back again to your accountability. Correct. And congruency. So define congruency. Congruency would be if I'm going to tell you to run and lose some weight, I ought to be doing it too. So yeah. <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Okay. And and that's part of it. You know, people are looking for credibility in a leader. They're looking for congruency in a leader. Mm-hmm. They're looking for vision in a leader. But, you know, primary things they're looking for are, you know, people gravitate to credible. Of course. You know, if I can show you how to do a skill, and, and this might play into millennials, um, if it's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I was at a yeah. CEO forum the other morning, and they're like, oh, just listen to millennials. Just listen to millennials. I don't actually believe that, right? You're the business leader. You know how your business works. I actually contend millennials crave leadership, and they want somebody to mentor them, sit them down, and show them a system. You don't join Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and say, hey, hey I was here's how we did it at college. I want to do it this way, too. You come and you join the Patriots system. Mm-hmm. So back to systems. They are looking for that, and the right A-player millennials, and they're out there, crave that stuff. Okay. Now, once they achieve, that's their ticket to taking their input. In our organizations, you have to hit par on a hole before you cross the water. Otherwise, you're sinking balls in the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, I listen to different people's point of view, and I weight more highly those who have demonstrated success at their level. I think everybody does, right? I see better than I hear. What does that mean? That means people react to, let me show you how to do it, Maureen. Okay. Rather than, oh, I heard, I read a book, oh, go do it, this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look somebody in the eye and say, in our organizations, when we do this process, nine times out of 10, we get a wonderful result with the customer. Mm-hmm. That's why we do it this way. So you have your A player. By the way, I want my A player to innovate my system. Okay. So the A player comes in and goes, hey, it's, I mean, A players make an impact if they join your organization week one. Clients call me and say, wow, where'd you get this person? They're best ever. I forget what the incumbent's name was. Okay. You know, so that new A players is following the system. So the A player two weeks later comes in and said, hey, we're doing this. I'm hitting par. Mm-hmm. This is working good. Are you okay if I innovate it and I'll prove it's better? Okay. And back to I see better than I hear, they will show you it's better. Now you got a new, better system. Okay. So it, it's so back to my continual learning and growth. I learn from you and I intend to also improve it and you're going to learn from me. Right. And back to the leader guiding people and keeping on the rails and, and mm-hmm. sometimes followership. Wow, that is a wonderful system. Tell you what, mm-hmm. would you write that up? That is now the new basis. That mm-hmm. is our new mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Thank you, A player. So how do I create a culture that encourages and promotes A players if I am not consistently there? So I may have pockets of fabulous and pockets of B. Within your team? Mm-hmm. Or in my company. So yeah. say maybe finance is great and HR is has some great and some not great. Okay, so I'm going to share a little secret, and this is actually pretty simple. You have to believe it and say, and, and many companies I work with, it becomes the year of the A player. Uh, just kicked this off with a very large construction firm. They brought everybody in, and, and this company's been doing very well. They're still mm-hmm. a little discombobulated, kind of running by the seats of their pants, but mm-hmm. very profitable and very good people, and people are pretty happy. Okay. They said, how about this year we become all A players? Okay. They had books for people, and all the books got gobbled up, and everybody said, we're in. Right now, mm-hmm. now it's game on. The leaders, you know, have to show the role model, model that behavior, mm-hmm. and you know, hold people accountable. And they actually start going, hey, that's A player behavior, that's B, that's C, mm-hmm. with a roadmap to get better. Okay. What's interesting with this culture is the Bs and Cs who've been kind of laying back, it actually gets, this goodness gets a little hard for them. They almost can't stand all that accountability. They can't stand all this striving. Mm-hmm. And they quietly go away. They opt out. Okay. And, you know, again, with this energy, the A's are like, you know what? They were okay, but we're not going to miss them. Here's what I've always wanted for that role. Here's the who. Mm-hmm. They go and find them. They get that immediate impact. Now your A player quotient, your you know, your percent that's, that's driving to 100 improves. Mm-hmm. And you stick to your guns. 
So why don't all companies do this? It seems intuitively obvious. And yet I'm guessing the fact that you're the first person writing this book, it's not commonplace. You know, I think part of it, so I actually went back and I said, okay, where'd the A player come come from? And Mm -hmm. and one uh, mentor of mine is Dr. Brad Smart, who wrote Top Grading. And Top Grading helps you find A players. So when I was founding my company... I rebranded a couple of years ago. I said, mm-hmm. hey, would it be okay if I called my company something with A players? He goes, yeah, I don't own it. I said, where'd it come from? He goes, well, either Steve Jobs or uh, General Electric. Okay. So uh, Jack Welsh mm-hmm. at General Electric. So I did some research. I could not validate it, but as far as I'm concerned, it came from one of those two people. Steve Jobs is quoted as a small team of A players can run circles around a bigger team of B and Cs. And, and that is very true. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe some of the pushback that we hear is, you know, General Electric went after the C player. And they got tremendous financial results by cutting the C's, but they would cut the oh, bottom. Oh, when you say went after, they went after removing them. They removed the C's. Mm-hmm. In our case, we have the aspiration of being the A's. And I think so many people are used to, and, and there's that humanity in their mind that, well, you know, Sheila here needs a job. She's a B. I'm going to tolerate her. And, mm-hmm. and the other issue, back to leadership, is these are sometimes uncomfortable discussions. And all you have to look at, you know, I don't believe businesses, I don't believe the job of businesses at all is to create jobs. I think the job is to do what the business does, and yeah. jobs are a byproduct. Right. I have a mission, and whatever that mission is, I work to do it. Yeah. I would and rather. Do it as well as possible. Yeah. I would rather have 30 excited A players on my team than 50 people going through the motions. And by the way, those 30 people are better compensated. You look at the math, right? The mm-hmm. biz- biggest mm-hmm. expense line to a company fixed expense line is the people. Depends on the industry, but yeah, in yeah. most cases. Almost inevitably, it's cost of goods sold mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. But but fixed expense, it's, it's almost inevitably the people. So then why don't more people do this, more companies do this? Well, hopefully a lot more are starting to. Okay. You know what I mean? They're, it's interesting. Uh, this In my conversations with CEO, and I'm just one person out there, mm-hmm. another reason to write the book is to get the, get the word out there. Yeah. It totally works. And I think there are some mindsets. You know, well, what about my B's and C's? What happens to B and C's? Here's a piece. Everybody deserves to be an A player somewhere. Okay. It may not be at our shop. And yet it sounds like it's not a skill match, it's a mindset. So if I have a fixed mindset, I'm going to be a B until I become a learner. Right. I, can't, I can't go across the street and be a fixed mindset A. Right. Skill and will. Okay. You know, and we, it just seems like yesterday, maybe for me, but and for you as well, right? We had the Great Recession, right? A lot of times people, maybe they were a controller, they're a financial mm-hmm, controller, mm-hmm. they wanted to keep their mortgage payment, they reached for the brass ring, and they became, say, a CFO somewhere just to keep their income in check. Mm-hmm. They got in over their heads. Mm-hmm. I never knew what the Peter Principle was before mm-hmm. this, right? They got yeah. in over their heads, they underperformed, they were miserable, they were underwater all the time. They're happier when they get where they can actually be great at something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really yeah, higher is not better in some cases. Right. You, you know, you got to find, you got to love what you do, and the money follows. Well, it's also fit for a role. Right. I need to have a role that is aligned with the skills and the the gifts, my towering strengths. Right. A little bit back to millennials, right? They want it now, right? They're in a so company. Did we? What's that? So did we? <laughs> I don't remember going in and say, "I'll just wait a few years." Yeah. You want to be yeah. VP immediately? And, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I did. Earn, not given. And, and you know, back to where we started, we define what the performance is, and but defining the performance is tough. It really mm. takes a lot of. It hurts your head to define what's that position, but you as a leader become. I have institutional knowledge of what an A player in that position is, mm-hmm. and you know, I uh, too bad we don't have call-ins, right? You know, people are like, man, I really don't know what that role is, and it bothers me. Well, you got to somebody should. Yeah, you have to go and do the critical think time to actually say I've defined the role. Yeah, one of the other shows that we have often is the focus on organizational vibrancy. And Harvard researcher, and he talks about positive deviance. So identify those rock stars. That's if we think of a bell-shaped curve, and then there are just a few that are outside of the bell-shaped curve. Who are those? And it sounds like A players align with that. What are the absolute best? Define that as my job description, mm-hmm. and either buy them or grow them. Correct. And we prefer to grow them if we can. So on that note, let's take a break. Maureen and Rick Crossland talking about the A player.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf and Rick Crossland, and we are talking about his new book, The A-Player. So if I am an A-Player leader and I only have Bs and Cs, what happens? I'd say the math doesn't add up. I would go a little further on that and say you cannot be an A-Player leader if you have Bs and Cs that you're harboring on your team. And Any I do. or all? Our goal is Osh 100%, right? So if you look at that, a, a fair content to that is, okay, well, I got people in progress. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to be moving towards a player status improving, not regressing. Oh, of course not yeah. regressing. Yeah. But if I inherit a team, mm-hmm. take a new job, and not everyone's an A player, I can't fire them all. It's It feels unethical to me. Right. So what happens is I work with a number of distribution companies. Okay. And, you know, you think of the second shift, right? And there will mm-hmm. be teams, and there will be a leader who has predominantly A's and a few B's. Mm-hmm. There will be another one that complains and have predominantly B's and C's. Mm-hmm. We can switch the leaders, and let's just take the example. That A player mm-hmm. leader who had the strong team over about a six to nine month period, that prior bad team will have improved. Mm-hmm. Just like a better coach in sports, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to coach up adeptly some of those mm-hmm. B's and C's and, you know, really align the people. And we work so much for more than just a paycheck. And mm-hmm. even at the most, you know, entry level jobs, people have to work for purpose, not a paycheck. And they show them how they plug into the bigger purpose. They, they coach and reward them in the appropriate ways. And, as, and what, what I've always found paradoxical with this is how the B's and particularly the C's, because we don't have a culture, we don't tolerate complaining, mm-hmm. which is what C players are best known for is complaining. They don't have an outlet anymore. So they, they go find they greener passer where they can go be a player complainers. And what is just amazes me is how the leader changes everything. Mm-hmm. And just like a sports coach, you know, we talk about Mike mm-hmm. Krzyzewski and Urban Meyer, you know, the greats in, in the college mm-hmm. game or Bill Belichick. They recruit as well as they coach up and they have better networks and they are just going to make it happen. Maybe something on here, and I hear this a lot. I didn't plan to talk about this, but I think mm-hmm. it's relevant. Your operating managers need to be accountable for their talent. Of course. Well, but too often, Maureen, they push that off to HR. HR is not finding me something. Leaders need to become talent scouts. We have basically 4% unemployment in this country, which Mm -hmm, is great. mm -hmm. Wages are stagnant, which Mm -hmm. is actually a benefit, I guess you could argue, to the CEOs. To the (laughs) the the companies. That's another subject for another day. But it's a tight labor market. So those operating people, instead of complaining about HR not getting them candidates, every time the leader takes that in their own hand, 
recruits from networks, goes out and finds people where they are. You know, if your distribution, mm -hmm. we're in McDonald's and all that, finding strapping people, mm -hmm. so come take a tour of our facility. If we're on job sites, we go and talk to other laborers mm -hmm. from other companies and say, hey, can we get a beer? Why don't you talk to us? Well, man, you guys seem happy, and we do it in groups. Mm -hmm. We are happy, and well, why are we here? When we're drinking, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> Drinkers <Sorry>. are thinkers. <laughs> I could recruit better if I had wine with me. <laughs> Come join me in the bar for a yeah. recruiting meeting. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You're picking up what I'm laying down. <laughs> well, the, the question is, so to your point, I, I was with a client recently and doing a leadership session with a group of 25 managers. They have 40 open positions two HR people. And I think we had calculated, like, if every HR person works on each position, that's an hour a week or something like whatever we calculated. Mm -hmm. um, if you want good talent, you can't wait for HR to spend an hour a week yep. trying across five states and, you know, do the math. It's going to take forever to recruit. It's right. not that HR is not working hard. Not at They're all. They're working like crazy. You don't have enough of them. It is the role of the manager, to your point, one, to know what an A player looks like. Two, to have the network to get them and work with HR as a partner, business partner, not exactly. as yeah. I'm going to dump this stuff on your desk and call me when it's done. Correct. Exactly. And, you know, HR has tools. And I, I think the HR people, they need to enforce the process. One thing, and, and I think maybe this is a good capstone to our discussion today, is to predictably get A players, you must follow a very structured interview process. Okay. So tell me about the interview. So what we do is we use big data to find candidates. So okay. we rifle shot. We don't even post anymore. You, you know, don't. Okay. Entry level interns are still good places to post. Mm -hmm. We actually do executive recruiting tools even at entry level positions. So again, say more about that because I'm not sure. We use like big data portals, yeah, proprietary stuff is, to, to pick up, you know, social posts, posting stuff, LinkedIn, Facebook to build okay. a composite. And we find people with the skill sets. Okay. So that's how we find them. And, and, you know, so we can't fill a room with candidates, but we can find you two or three really good ones. Well, that's all I want. I don't want to interview a room full of people. Correct. I want and, to and nobody liked the big stack of unqualified resumes. It drives people nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, we just don't have time. We are going to, like I said, with that A-player agreement, we're going to find that up front. That's their ticket to go out and look for the person. If they're mm -hmm. going and doing that and they don't have that defined, I would hold them back and say, you can't hire anybody until that's in place. And that's a good role of HR. Mm -hmm. So I'm not asking for proprietary secrets, mm -hmm. but say you have a, a resume or job description for an A-player. And I'll use LinkedIn just because I know that and it's professional. You would kind of scour LinkedIn and look for keywords how do I know that someone who has the right words is also good? Well, we yeah, we don't quite do it that way, but but let's pick up from there, right? So once we, we're going to get a candidate on the mm -hmm, phone, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to arrange a phone call. I do that first, but but a recruiting manager could or HR mm -hmm, could do that, mm -hmm. right? So there's a phone screen, mm -hmm. and at that point, I really call that a I'll get through, I'll have the candidate's resume at that point. I'll call that a resume screen to make sure we're on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Typically, when you do this a lot, you can kind of understand some A-player characteristics. And we're, by the way, we are talking about the culture. We're talking about the A-player culture specifically, and we're only looking for A-players. That's also an interesting thing to position. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're not hiring Cs. Right. So, And what's interesting is someone can't even know the term. It could be new to it and, you know, just, hey, top 10%. They're like, yeah, that's me. You know, mm -hmm. wow, I'm glad you guys are only looking for the best. That's me. Uh, by the way, mm -hmm. I'm happy and I'm happily employed. I wasn't mm -hmm. looking. Oh, yeah, we know that. But there are <laughs> lots of people who think they're top 10 who aren't right so i i would bet if i go out and ask 50 percent of the population thinks they're the top 10 that's fair thing so we're making sure that the skill set aligns at this point okay? okay then we take it to the hiring manager the hiring manager kind of repeats that process mm -hmm. and you know we'll get feedback so pretend i'm hr mm -hmm. hey good candidate i'd like to bring him in now most of the people at this level are better than the manager has seen okay so okay. here's the trick we then send them to a portal and I'll tell the group what I use because mm -hmm. he's been so good to me. I use top grading. So I send okay. them to the top grading portal. That candidate's going to invest between an hour and two hours documenting their results and how they garnered those results. And I ask them not to do a cut and paste of their resume. In fact, if they just cut and paste their resume, they're DQ'd. Okay. They can cut the little pieces, you know, if they got their numbers mm -hmm. all out there. Mm -hmm. But here's the trick. And this, I made 2017 the year of eliminating the show dog. 
So the show dog's a person, maybe they're at huge companies that everybody's heard about, but they've been the spectator. They haven't been the combatant. And they can talk a good game, they talk about industry tricks, they know all the jargon, but they actually have not generated results themselves. So we get the data from the portal, we look for that, and if someone's just mailed that in, Mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like an hour or two hours of work, mm-hmm. we discard it. And okay. we say, no thank you, you didn't put enough into this, no thank you. We'll get our top finalist and we'll do two to four hour interviews. If it's you know a more menial job, maybe it's an hour and a half. But we go through their entire career history, starting at high school through okay. current day, and the conversation is, what did you achieve and how did you do it? And those two fundamental questions. For some of us, that was a really long time ago. <laughs> The A player knows. And you know what this grilling is? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a long time ago. <laughs> My clients call it, call it waterboarding. <laughs> the, what happens in that longer, more intense interview mm-hmm. is you separate the A's from the B's. For an A player, by the way, a three-hour interview can feel like an hour and a quarter because mm-hmm. they are so interesting. Everything is specific, textural. It feels like an hour and a quarter for you. What does it feel <laughs> like for them? You, you know what? They, it, it feels like, I'll tell you what it feels like for them because I hear this consistently. Wow, what a trip down memory lane. Mm, wow, okay. I, you know, we're pounding them with questions for hours upon hours, and they're like, I really know you guys. Mm. Uh, you know, at okay. this point, and a lot of people ask really bad interview questions. So what you want oh, yeah. to ask is behavioral. What did you do? How'd you do it? Yeah, what so mistakes you did you make? It out. What mistakes did you make? I want real weaknesses, not the, hey, I'm a little unorganized. All right, I'm a little bit unorganized. So how does that affect you? What does you? that look like? What does that look like, and how is it hurting you? One of the things I ask, and what I've said is, if you tell me none, you're out. You're out, yeah. So tell me about a time you failed, mm-hmm. and what happened. Yeah, that's a and great question. And if I've question. never failed, never made a mistake, then you're either completely lacking any awareness, or you are statistically, you probably wouldn't be interviewing for a job. Right. And the one thing I would add that that's a great question, make sure it's in context. So I want to know what job, what position, Mm -hmm. because we're going to check references. Because people falsify this stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. They come in with their canned, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm a little bit too much of a driver. Yeah, I read that book too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, and only at the end, we turn it over to them, say, what questions Mm -hmm. you have for us? Mm -hmm. And then we do the hypotheticals and we align at that point. Mm -hmm. We'll put the A player agreement up on the screen and we'll take them through it. We'll try to get them to quit right there. We want them to really want the job. So does anyone walk out at that point after a three-hour interview? Never had anybody walk out of that type. No. Okay. I've had we do group interviews and occasionally mm-hmm. people will walk out and they'll say, "Hey, I'm getting smoked." Uh, but that's another story. For oh, another I'm getting day. smoked. Yeah, okay, I'm getting smoked. Not... By the way, you guys are great. No, I'm not going to get the job. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Ah, uh, so they don't say this is crap. I'm yeah. not doing this. Yeah. We do have a safe word in that top grading interview, though. What's that? Well, it's a that's a word or a uh, technique. A lot of times we'll drum our fingers on. Well, I guess I better not give away <laughs> my secrets. Oh, so, so it's not like you tell the person there. No. We don't tell them, everybody on the hiring team, because I do this with the executive team. You see, if we're doing sequential interviews, which we don't do, and I'm talking to a candidate. By the way, we tend to sell candidates. So I've educated candidates. Say I turn them over to you. Now they're picking up on, you know, they're learning on my putt. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. wow, they sound smart to you. And then you go pass them off to Heather here. You know, now all of a sudden they've learned on us and Mm -hmm. they're getting smarter as they interview. Well, they should. Yeah, we're too, there, and most people have enough EQ, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to pull that off, particularly the show dog. They are really good at that. They're using okay. all the buzzwords. They sound impressive, but they may not have done anything. Okay. Then we get too busy. We never formally debrief. Ends up being an email change. Yes, yeah, suppose we'll do. We bring them in. And most companies have about an 85% non-success in hiring. 85%? Yeah, or mishires. So let me say that back. 85% are mishires. Yeah, meaning non-A players. Okay. And we spend a lot of money on that. Right. Why is that? Bad interviewing? Bad interviewing. Are there enough good players out there? Could I, even with a 4% unemployment rate, and not everyone's going to be willing to move, Mm -hmm. is it possible to have all A players? You know, technology plays in. Some people, Mm -hmm. you know, now with technology and remote workforce, for the Mm -hmm. right A players, Mm -hmm. people are super accountable. That can work, right? So that, that expands our vistas. The culture itself draws some of these people in. You know, you and I live in Columbus, Ohio. You know, we're trying to pull people from Chicago, from Los Angeles. San Jose. San Jose. Yeah, exactly. Cupertino. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we have good, we have pretty good success doing that. Okay. You know, given we have a great, we really truly have a great culture because all the stuff we've been talking about during our segment, mm-hmm. we actually practition. Okay. And they can tell that in the interview. Okay. So you're getting people from California to move out here. 
occasionally. And sometimes it's a remote position. Okay. I talked to a guy, a candidate from LA last night that can be remote and that extends the day for this company. It's a technology company. By the way, we have pretty good tech here. It's a technology company in Ohio. Now we just extended the day by three hours. So we have to also be innovative in how we encourage people to work. Right. Okay. And you know, and one of the occupational hazards, if you get B players, they tend to want to propagate other B players. And it drives me nuts mm-hmm. because they lower the guard and B players don't like all these interview techniques. So they start skipping rules. They start skipping all the stuff we talked about, all yeah. that all that process, mm. they skip skip steps in the process. Ah, got it. Okay. Because you know, if they sneak through I think they have some like guilt about it. Like, how could I put somebody else through it? Oh, there are other excuses. I need someone ASAP. I didn't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very high frequency of the time, back to that 80, 85% mishire. You know, you talk to the CEO or the other senior leaders, how's this person performing? Well, you know, not that great. That's such a cost. It's a cost for the company. It's a cost for the human being that you've now had leave a job, possibly relocate, and now you have to take action. Right. Well, and a, 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 a simple action. rule of thumb is 5x salary, right? So if you're paying somebody $50,000, an underperformer is probably costing you about a quarter million dollars. And I've never, ever done the, the hard math with somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. when an executive, he's making about 185000 He costs that company $4 million. Hard cost. Yeah, I'm thinking of someone recently when, well, and this was the flip side. They had an employee, had some challenges, we were working with them to fix the challenges, but the boss who didn't retain that employee, he, he walked out with a half million dollars worth of contracts over the next year. Right. So they lost a lot by not retaining somebody. Right. Yeah. And, and, and B that players, was his boss. we were just an organization highly successful here. They just, because they hired a bunch of B players, they were driving the A player nuts. The A player left. He's now president of a different division. Well, and you're lucky he didn't go to a competitor. Right. Exactly. So let's move toward wrap-up. How would someone find your book? It's available really everywhere online. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, uh, really easy to find. Uh, Probably the best thing to do is to put my name in there, Rick Crossland, and it pops right up in in any of those. I recommend the whole team read it. And and the leader needs to read it first. Okay. Uh, At least be up to speed with everybody because what happens back to congruency, you may have your A players read ahead and they're going to ask you, hey, what's up on chapter 12 and such. Great. Thank you. So this is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Maureen Metcalf, please give us feedback either on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, or on my website, info at metcalf-associates.com. I hope to hear from you what you did from Rick. So tell me what you heard from him that you're going to do this week, next week, and tell me how you measured your success. How did it pay off for you? So thank you very much, Rick, for joining us today. And I look forward to hearing feedback and giving it to you. Well, thank you, Maureen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.